at the end of that summer of just crying out loud to the Lord in pain, what ended up happening was he had restored this kind of joy in me um, and, and no longer a fear. At the end of that summer, I didn't fear going back to school. Welcome to the I Am Here podcast, a space to be inspired by stories of men and women who have found in the Eucharist the strength and purpose for their lives. I'm your co-host, Leah Butalid, and I've been gathering stories for the I Am Here campaign. And I'm Father Mario Amori, a priest of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Today, we welcome Christine Kim to share her story. Welcome, Christine. Thank you so much for having me. We're so glad to have you here on the podcast. Can you tell us where you go to church? Tell us. Sure. I go to St. Aloysius with Father Mario, um, and um, that's where I go. Awesome. How long have you been part of the St. Al's community? A little over a year. I moved to Detroit last June in 2021. And you moved from? From the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti area. And you were praying for a parish, right? I was praying for a parish, <laughs> and I found it in one try. Um, Amazing. Yeah, I was just looking for, funny enough, I was looking for a church that um, just prioritized adoration and had daily mass times that I could attend, and it happened to be the one in the downtown. Yeah, you jumped right in. You've been a great part of our community. Thank you, Father. We're really Lord. glad you're there. So great. We love it. And um, what are what's your occupation? What are you up to in life? Well, I have just recently been hired as the new third grade teacher at uh, Most Holy Trinity Catholic Academy in Corktown. Amazing. Um, we love our Catholic schools. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you That's so, so much. That's so exciting. Thank it's going to be a big year for you and for those students. I really think it's going to be a very adventurous year. Well, we were so grateful and honored that you would share your testimony um, with us and that we were able to publish it on IamHere.org. And you have an incredible testimony and you've, you know, shared a lot about the different ways that uh, Jesus in the Eucharist has ministered to you. And in your story, you share about a particular instance of needing to turn to someone who could love you. Um, Can you take us back to that moment? What were you going through? What was happening in your life? And and how did the Lord serve you in that moment? Yes, thank you for asking. Um, where, When I shared in my story, I was talking particularly about an instance where I was actually really, really down in the dumps. And mm-hmm. I, um, I just had no words. And I knew that the Lord was present. And I went to adoration after a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my first christ-centered relationship and so it was like really exciting um it got really deep really fast and very serious very fast yeah um when i think about it and when it ended just as fast it was i was in a whirlwind of emotions and Mm -hmm. i was disappointed and i wanted answers and i really wanted it to work Mm -hmm. i we really thought that like marriage was in the picture with this relationship and Mm -hmm. so i just showed up to adoration in the aftermath and I literally just put my head down on the pews because I was so uh, downtrodden and I just I just needed to sit with him and it wasn't until I I think I spent like an hour there it wasn't until I walked out that I actually felt solace like I felt comfort like just I felt that the Lord had seen me and he didn't give me the answers that I wanted, Mm -hmm. but I just felt like when I walked out of there, he met me where I was at. 
And he didn't say, like, everything's going to be okay. He didn't say, like, you know, another one will come along. You know, it was just actually yeah. he just sat with me there in, in, the, in the darkness. And wow. Yeah, it was really powerful. What yeah. was your faith like, life like up until that point? Like, did you have a regular practice of going to Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration? Or was this kind of spur of the moment? feeling down in the dumps, no other place to turn, or? I would say I had a pretty solid faith and um, commitment to adoration. I tried to go for once a week in addition to just weekly mass and com- mm-hmm. and um, regular confession. Um, so I felt, I felt like I had a, I do feel like I have a strong relationship with the Lord and that he knows me and that I know him mm-hmm. well. And um, yeah, I, I think actually that's a good question, Father Mario, because at the time, I had thought I had known God so well that when this relationship didn't work out and I thought it was from him and that it was going to go all the, all the way, mm-hmm. I, I was actually like really confused for a second about like who he was. And mm-hmm. had I been hearing wrong this whole time, wow. like if something doesn't work out, does that mean that like my relationship with the Lord wasn't as I thought it was. And so that really threw me for a loop. And it mm-hmm. didn't turn me away um, from faith, but it did question, like, it did question me in a deep way. Mm-hmm. What experiences that had happened in your life up to that point led you to this place where you knew when you were down in the dumps and you were going through something tough, you could go to adoration and that Jesus would meet you there? What what kind of formed that that habit of adoration and that uh, instinct that you had in that moment? I would say that um, my turning point for when I like knew God was real actually didn't happen in the Eucharist right away. Like I, um, the first down in the dumps moment I've ever had was um, in college. I had come out of a non-Christ-centered relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is was a relationship that I hid behind because college is scary and mm-hmm. there's a lot yeah. of time on your hands. And I was scared of rejection and I was scared of loneliness. Mm-hmm. And so I ran into a relationship um, and hid behind that for about a year. Mm-hmm. And when I knew that um, it was, I wasn't growing into the person that I should be, you know, when you just know that like, you're not on the right path for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually, when I let go of that relationship, I was very broken. It's mm-hmm. not like God swept me up right away mm-hmm. at the end of that relationship. I was in a very broken state, and therefore I turned to him in um, the Bible. I played wow. that Bible roulette game, but I was desperate. Like I, this, <laughs> was, this was serious. Like yeah. I didn't usually open the Bible. And when it did, mm. the Lord very, very clearly spoke to me through Psalm 139 of like, I see you and I like, I'm, I made you and I like, I love you. Wow. Um, so it was that personal encounter that led me back into Mm -hmm. um, seeking Christ through the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church. Mm -hmm. So I had been kind of wandering. I had been um, participating in my friends' non-denominational churches on campus, but I actually hadn't been going to church um, Mm -hmm. at a Catholic parish Mm -hmm. in over a year. Wow. So in your family, you you had grown up Catholic. Yes, I had grown up Catholic. And like so many young adults had fallen away. Yeah. You know, and... um, 
it, it's amazing and and so beautiful how the Lord works in those uh, moments where we feel downtrodden in despair. We've hit rock bottom. Um, and there's that whispering voice, you know, just ever calling us, calling us back to him. And so um, it, it takes a lot of courage to listen. Mm. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. So, so in this season um, where you're kind of, you know, returning to the Lord through scripture and, and your non-denomination friends, um, uh, what, what led you ultimately to the Eucharist? And oh to- my gosh. <laughs> um, so I had been getting to know the Lord in the aftermath of that breakup mm-hmm. in a very personal way. Like I just, because he met me so powerfully in that Psalm 139 moment, mm-hmm. um, I just, I really just went to him every day after that breakup in pain. Wow. Um, and so when it came time to go back to campus for a new school year, mm-hmm. I had been at home with my parents and I had been crying every single night, just like not knowing how I was going to, you know, jump back into the environment that I was scared of and Mm -hmm. that I didn't want to go back to because I had been so busy in that relationship, I wasn't making good friends. And so when I thought about the prospect of going back to campus, I was actually very fearful because I didn't. I hadn't put in that investment into making good friends. Mm. So, but what ended up happening was like such a miracle because at the end of that summer of just crying out loud to the Lord in pain, what ended up happening was he had restored this kind of joy in me mm. um, and and no longer a fear. At the end of that summer, I didn't fear going back to school. Wow. So the the logical thought process that I thought at the end of that summer was, the Lord presented himself to me in a very personal way. If he did this for me, then he must have done this for other people. Mm. And if he's done it for other people, those people are probably somewhere on campus. And then if they're on campus, then I have to go find them (laughs) because my life is no longer the same. He met me and there must be people out there that can't keep or contain that to themselves. And so my mission going back into that school year was to find a group of Christ-centered disciples that like wow. experience something as powerful as I did. But I actually, I had a really hard time just like <laughs> searching. Mm-hmm. Um, the campus parish just like didn't click with me. Yeah. It, it felt a little bit like unwelcoming in yeah. some ways. And so I really just struggled for a semester. Mm-hmm. Like wow. I just, I went to everything. Mm-hmm. Like I went to all these like Newman Center, like retreats and fresh, like not freshmen, but um, uh, new school year events. Yeah. Hot dogs. Like <laughs> I went to all these retreats mm-hmm. and I tr- I really gave it a good effort. And Could you, sure. you, you make a good point there in saying that you didn't feel as though you found a home in those places, mm-hmm. uh, that the campus parish, uh, why? What, I mean, what was it? I think it's so important for um, everybody, anybody who's part of a parish to know what what those, I don't know, bad attitudes are or mm. things that might get conveyed or just general feelings of, yeah, I don't I don't really feel that welcome. I would say that I um, I was really seeking community at the time. Mm-hmm. And for me to show up to like one-off events, um, it was great and I met people, but there was never really that like that, uh, maybe that ex- that personal invitation or that in- encounter with um, other members, it felt like I would show up and then there was also like a similar group of people that would show up, but we never really 
we're able to connect deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've always been a fan of like adoration and mm-hmm. socials just because I think it's such a beautiful way to keep it centered on Christ. Yeah. And then out of that comes like just, um, I don't know, he changes our hearts and um, lets our guard down. And so it is, I've really been enjoying when I did um, attend those events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something earlier. You said that um, you were just recounting how that joy had been restored. And I think of the psalm, you know, uh, where the psalmist cries out, you know, for uh, Lord, restore the joy of my salvation. Mm-hmm. And when I think of you, um, you are one of the most joyful people. <laughs> exactly. It's true. <laughs> one of the most joyful people, m- most joyful disciples yeah. that I know. That comes from someplace, right? Like the, mi- the mark of a disciple is yeah. joy. Mm. And so um, can you just talk about that a little more in your own life and how, mm. how your own relationship with Jesus is just so manifest in, in the way that you live your life? <sighs> Father Mario, <laughs> like, I don't even know. I'm gonna like cry. Aww. He's just been so good to me. Like mm-hmm. I, he's given me the gift of self awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I've journaled for as long as I can remember as a kid, um, just processing emotions. Mm-hmm. And my journals used to start as like dear journal, dear diary. And then the mm-hmm. older that I got, it just naturally turned into like dear God. And mm-hmm. I wow. think from a young age, even though I didn't maybe have this. As well, I didn't think it was like a personal relationship. It actually was. And so when I look back um, and recount just practical things of what he's done for me and yeah. how he's led me, in a, um, I didn't have a lot of like Catholic and Christian mentors growing up. I so I, it really just was me. It really was just me and the Lord. And I think that's that's where that joy comes from. Of I was I needed somebody, and he showed up, and then continues to show himself in very practical ways Mm -hmm. so so back in that time in college where your joy was being restored in you know this community that you were hunting for um what what took place to you know lead you into this deep intimacy that you know with Jesus in the blessed sacrament Ooh, that's a great question Leah and I was hoping you'd ask that (laughs) um so in that moment where I was like really wrestling with God, like, God, you like rescued me, but you're not like taking me to a community where I can thrive. (laughs) I felt like very frustrated. Mm -hmm. And so I said, is it something wrong that I'm doing? Like, am I not giving it the right chance? And so um, there was a moment where I had been getting to know one of my um, non-denominational churches Mm -hmm. and they were asking for church member, like covenant church membership from their students. Mm. And I know I'm a, a woman of my commitments. And I was just like, Lord, like this is where I've grown mm-hmm. and this is where you've had me flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to commit to this church because I haven't found anything else. And um, if it's not your will, just like, please let it, please let me know somehow in a very like clear way so that I don't take a misstep. Mm-hmm in your will. And um, uh, I had also simultaneously been getting to know a charismatic campus group um, called University Christian Outreach. And I had been building relationships there, but it's not a church. So it confused me even more of like, (laughs) why are these on fire Christians, both um, Catholic and Protestant, 
why are they so on fire? They love one another, but like they can't go to church together. Like that confused me, especially for someone that didn't understand the, like the theology and the differences be- behind different traditions. So um, what ended up happening was uh, I had received um, baptism of the Holy Spirit through this charismatic group. And so um, it's, it was called Life in the Spirit Seminars. And at the end of um, some teachings, we ask for um, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit's gifts. I started crying because I had this deep, deep sense that where the Lord wanted me was where I would find the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. And that was the solace and confirmation for me that he didn't want me to leave the Catholic Church, no matter how much I might have seen, like that I wasn't growing anymore in the Catholic Church. Whatever it was, this barrier that I felt against the church or where I wasn't growing, I felt God himself, the personal God that I had been getting to know. He said to me, like, this is where I have you. And it wasn't audible, but it was just with the Eucharist, it was just this very strong sense of like, this is where I'm meant to be. Mm. Reminds me of a quote from Blessed Solanus. Mm. What does it matter where we go? Because wherever we go, won't we have the Holy Eucharist there with us? And isn't that enough to make us happy? Yes. So from that moment on, I was like, okay, well, I still need to kind of find my community. So then I actually um, just just kept uh, participating in the University Christian Outreach Mm -hmm. Charismatic Group. And I just kept um, growing and learning in that community and wow. uh, while still attending Mass on Sundays. Yeah. So that's where I really just grew and flourished as mm-hmm. a disciple. And so since then, I'm, I'm sure there's been lots of ups and downs in, in, your, in your journey. Um, so what are some other experiences of going to Jesus in an, another emotional state, whether it's down in the dumps or full of joy? What, what, what other experiences do you have of going to him with the wide array of emotions and experiences that you have have lived. Sure. Hey, can I talk about um, when I like was discerning coming to Detroit? Yes. So I had been um, really been in the Ann Arbor Ypsilanti area for as long as I, since college. Mm -hmm. And I had been growing so much in those communities. And I just felt deep in my soul that like I, I need to I need to live somewhere else. I need to continue growing in a different way. Yeah. And I like hesitate to use the word outgrow outgrew mm. the city, but I in some ways I did in that I was seeking more um like diversity um in terms of like race race and ethnicity. Mm-hmm. I was seeking more like inclusion mm-hmm. and um just something else. And I've I've always tried to move to Detroit, mm-hmm. um but there were just very clear like barriers of like it's not time mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it it wasn't meant for me at the time and the doors were definitely closed and I just mm-hmm. tried so hard to keep to open them but um, then last summer when I was discerning to come to Detroit it, it wasn't for a job it was actually just like I sensed that I I need to come here and I want to come here and I'm wow. asking the Lord once again is this a place that I could make a home mm-hmm. and this time like the doors were just wide open and I felt I had the freedom to just walk through. Mm. And it was cool because um, tying it back to that relationship where I wanted answers from the Lord and I wanted to be told like, this was right, this was wrong. This time I felt like there was this freedom behind making the decision of the Lord's gonna bless me Mm -hmm. wherever I I choose to go as long as it's rooted in Him. Yeah, And so I just kind of like 
kind of just like asked around and just like asked for counsel from people I trust and yeah. everybody was just like go like just wow it's time like just go oh and I, I just I went and the story behind like <laughs> finding the Eucharist is as I was um, in regular adoration and surrendering yeah. this decision to him um, I think the hardest thing for me was actually finding a place to live like somewhere yeah. that was affordable mm-hmm. and um, like a relatively safe neighborhood. I just, mm. I wasn't sure. Detroit's so big that mm-hmm. I just wasn't sure where I would land. And yeah. there's not a whole lot of like housing, affordable housing available. Right. So um, I ended up renting from a woman that I kind of knew through, connected through our Christian community. And she owns a house in Southwest Detroit. Mm-hmm. And um, she showed me her home. And uh, backstory, I was really, really sad at the prospect of like having to move out of a one bedroom, um, like owning my own belongings. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd lived on my own for two years, so I'd accumulated a lot. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I was particularly attached to was my like personal sized portable washing machine. Uh And it's like, it's a decent size, but it's still portable and it connects to the sink. Oh. And I really loved it because I didn't like having to go into the basement outside of where I was living and do mm-hmm. my laundry, like, outside downstairs. Yeah. So I, like, grew attached, and I was actually very sad. I, like, you laugh. <laughs> it's it's not funny. Like, I was so sad. And um, when uh, she showed me my room, mm-hmm. she was like, oh, like, by the way, like, I'm so sorry, but, like, this room that like I want to give you like it has a wa- like a full size washer and dryer <laughs> oh and I was just like, oh lord, Incredible. like only God would know that like <laughs> the details the details of what would bring my heart like joy and Aww. she like flung the door open and I was like it's perfect <laughs> like oh my who gosh. has a washer a full size washer and dryer in the room and is happy about it right, you know like. Right. And that was a gift for me, Aww. and I felt the Lord. That was like a wink from him. I was just yes. like, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to bless you. Christine, can you tell us, when you go to Eucharistic Adoration, what is your, kind of, what is your approach? A lot of people ask that question, you know, like, wh- wow. what do I do when I'm there? Um, you know, that's really funny because a lot of people will say, like, oh, bring, like, a spiritual book or, like, bring um, a rosary or something. You can do all those things, but I just mm-hmm. sit there. Like, sometimes... Um, I'm not as like reverent as I would like. Like I don't sit, I don't kneel for a really long time. I actually just like to be, mm-hmm. and I think I just like stare at the, stare at him. Oh. <laughs> um, but sometimes I do get um, I'm not bored, but I get like I don't like, distracted, distracted, mm-hmm. or just like. So I think that sometimes it is nice to bring like a book, um, but I just try to come as I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I am here, like I. I don't really come with an agenda. Sometimes I bring a journal, mm-hmm. um, but a lot of times I just like being with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mentioned journaling mm-hmm. twice, and other people have mentioned that oh, as wow. well. And just for you know those who are listening to this podcast to know, like there's there's many ways to pray. Yeah. And journaling, writing, um, is one of them. Yeah. So yes. uh, oh. so take advantage of that. If you're a person who writes, write. Mm-hmm. You can pray to the Lord in, in that way. Um, and like you, you said, I think at, at one point or another in adoration, all of us will get distracted. Mm-hmm. And um, part of it is that's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of kind of going to adoration, knowing that here before Almighty God, I'm going to be, or I get distracted. How could that possibly be? 
And that that's something that we can be ashamed of or embarrassed of or kind of keep us from going. Um, but really, those are just opportunities to recognize God's goodness. You recognize that, yeah, right now I'm being distracted, but I'm going to bring it back mm. to the Lord. And so that's that's some some advice for for those who might be struggling in that way in adoration. You just recognize it for what it is and bring yourself back to the source, Amen. back to Christ. So in these in these times, Christine, when you go to just be with him and um, you know, distractions, they come and go, but but you are in his presence. How do you sense Jesus responding to you being there with him? I think he's very pleased. <laughs> I think he is. Like anytime we just take our day out, um, our busy days, right? Yeah. And just sit with him and he asks nothing of us but our, our presence. Mm-hmm. Like that, I've just owned it. And I've just said like, Lord, it is good to be here, you know, and I open, I try to open with that when I show up and I just say like, Lord, it is good to be here. Well, Christine, we're so grateful that you would share your story with us again here on the podcast. So thank you for making time to join us and for sharing from your heart so authentically what the Lord has done. It's, it's really such a gift to hear. Thank you so much. Your joy is contagious. Oh, yes. (laughs) That's what we hope for. (laughs) Amen. Thank you so much for having me. It absolutely is a gift to have you. And thank you for listening to the I Am Here podcast. You can read and listen to more stories of people encountering Jesus in the Eucharist at IamHere.org. And we also invite you to share your story with us. I Am Here is a campaign of the Archdiocese of Detroit and Hello App in support of the National Eucharistic Revival.